The best insight, instant feedback, accountability. The all-new Talk Radio Freedom 106.5. Yes, folks, Dynamite, and we're back, we're back. Bass is back, yeah, man. All right, Better Men's with Bass, and as always, we do on a Thursday, we link up with the Diabetes Association of Trinidad and Tobago. Nice to be back with Andrew Danu. Good day to you, sir. Live on the Zoom. Hey, Bates, how you doing? Glad to have you back as well, man. I hope you had a good vacation or whatever you were doing. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. Vacation. Yeah, man. Vacation, work, <laughs> everything. So so we we do have a, 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 a packed show today. Of course, we're going to be joined by a geneticist today. So we're going to talk about genetic testing and diabetes um, and actually um, learn about what, what possibilities we have in Trinidad with that. Most people don't think, most people don't know that we do have that. Um, so we're going to be linking up with her very shortly. Uh, we're just going to try to get her um, joined up with us. Uh, but we, in the meantime, of course, we want to talk about what's going on at, at the Diabetes Association. And I want to remind persons that we do have um, Diabetes Awareness Month coming up in November, uh, November 14 being Diabetes Awareness Month. And we have lots of activities in store. We have our 5K, um, that's on November the 26th, that's a Sunday. And our 5K is going to be at the Shogunat Borough Corporation. We're also going to be doing it simultaneously in Tobago at Shopa. Um, persons can go on to diabetes-tt.org. Uh, that's the Diabetes Association website, diabetes-tt.org. And you can sign up there for our 5K. We also have a ride coming up that's going to be on the 5th of November. And that's going to be in aid of our children with diabetes as to raise funds with PGMs. And of course, we do have in um, in November as well, we have the World Diabetes Day, which is where we do our national outreach at November 14th. We'll be doing activities throughout the country, across the country, um, um, well, in areas that may be close to you, so educational activities and, um, and um, outreaches and lots of activities in schools as well. So we have a lot planned, so look out for us, keep following us at the association. Um, so we we want to go right into our program, but basically you need to give me a, a minute or two. So maybe you could share our phone numbers because we do want to have persons participate in this conversation. Let me just get Dr. Ramachan on. All yeah. right, sure. Of course, of course, of course, folks. Yeah, man, base is back on our numbers here. Uh, 627-3223. Also 625-2257. And for your WhatsApp messages, 3061065. Remember, of course, it's diabetes and you everything diabetes. You know, while I was on, on the plane coming back, um, just before we, we took off there in the waiting area, I was hearing this uh, elderly lady. She was talking to her family and stuff, and she said, Boy, I try everything with this diabetes, but her sugar is always high. She says about 200 and up. 200 and she said she tried everything when well, I, I was i wanted to approach her i told her to actually did approach her say listen listen there's a show on the radio when you come to that called diabetes and you on freedom 106.5 listen to that show i didn't get to because we were about to board and stuff and you know she was going somewhere else and things so i didn't get to really have that discussion but i told her to listen to the show because she was on her way to trinidad too but um you know for somebody whose sugar is always high and they just said they try everything i mean i don't know if, if andrew could give some advice on something like that thing they could probably do later on to you know keep the the sugar down right thanks for that beef. and and and, and while, we, we, while we are waiting for uh uh, Dr. Ramachan to join us. So uh, I'll address that. And of course, for many, many persons um, living with diabetes, sometimes, you know, you don't have issues. 
uh, you do have problems monitoring or rather managing your blood sugars. Uh, and it may be many, many things that may be hindering you from managing your blood sugars. But the fact is, when you do make very small changes, you do have additive effects over a long time, meaning that you can make a small change as in you could, you know, cut out, cut out something sweet or cut out, cut, cut out a little bit of extra food that you might be consuming every day. That will make a, a big change over a period of time. You could also make, make changes like, for example, um, walk about a, a 30 minutes, three days a week extra, and that's going to make extra, a, a lot of, a lot of significant, um, um, progress in, in your diabetes care as well. So there are lots of things you could do, but of course, one of the most important things that you can do is, 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 is seek treatment. If it is that you are living with diabetes, continue going to your diabetes clinic, continue speaking to your physicians, continue speaking to the nutritionists, and of course, reach out to the association once you're able to, um, or once you're in a position to, and we'd we'll be happy to help you. Um, this, um, yeah, so I'm seeing the doctor there. Yeah, I'm letting her in. Yeah. So, 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 so yes. As we as we continue the discussion base, I know that we 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 want to go into our topic today. Um, and before we we do, and of course, I know it's going to be very interesting uh, because of many persons in China don't think that. Well, first of all, many persons don't know what genetic testing is going to does entail, and what are, what are some of the advantages, and of course, what are some of the applications of it. And I have a very special guest today. Um, and she's Dr. Nicole Ramachan, and you all may have seen her and heard of her because she was quite quite prominent when we were talking about COVID-19 and genetic testing and looking at different types of variants. But of course, of course, she does much more than that. Um, I want to introduce her as, of course, a geneticist, but she's also a professor, associate professor at UPT. Um, she specializes in genetics, immunogenetics, clinical genetics, molecular biology, genomics. Um, she has extensive experience in molecular biology, DNA analysis, laboratory setup, and she's actively and she actively contributed to the COVID-19 response efforts. So again, you'd have seen her quite a lot on television and even heard on the radio. She has a rich international career spanning academia, collaborating with governments and international agencies. And as I said, she's associate professor at UTT since 2009. So I want to invite, I want to welcome to our program Diabetes and you, Dr. Nicole. Ramachan. Dr. Ramachan. Hello, everyone. Those, and, who can, I, those who can't see me and hear me, obviously, hello as well. <laughs> Thanks and, for and having me on this rainy, rainy day. I know, I know, and I'm glad that you are here, and I hope that all of our listeners are safe and that all of our listeners are um, probably enjoying, the, enjoying a break from the heat as well. <laughs> Correct. So, Dr. Ramachan, I want to go right into it because I want you to, to explain to our listeners, really, before we even talk about the advantage of genetic testing, just tell our listeners what is genetic testing uh, and of course why it is important. Sure, um, uh, you all can hear me okay, right? There's a little bit of uh, background noise from the rain in the back, so I apologize for that interference. But um, genetic testing basically means that we're testing either DNA or RNA to be able to identify an organism or be able to identify a mutation in a particular gene or be able to diagnose a disease, be able to genotype something to say, well, this species is this. Um, you know, if somebody has some meat stored in a fridge and they want to find out what kind of meat it is, um, 
you know, and during hunting season or during non-hunting season, we could say, okay, well, that's wild meat. It's not wild meat. All the way to trying to develop a, um, a diagnostic test for a disease or infectious organism, um, like a bacteria. Everybody would be familiar with the COVID-19 pandemic and how we were able to diagnose people with having um, had COVID-19 infections was through RNA analysis, which is a part of DNA testing, um, all the way back to looking at the actual genome of an individual and sequencing that, that genome and specifically individual genes that might confer resistance to disease or might confer susceptibility to disease, might um, actually confer like um, speed genes, like in the case of Usain Bolt's kids, they probably have a good dose of that. Um, or unfortunately for others, might confer susceptibility to cancer or things like diabetes and those kinds of things. So it's a huge, huge, huge um, umbrella that that encompasses pretty much anything where we look at the genetic material of an organism, be it plant, animal, human. Mm -hmm. And of course, throughout the developed world, throughout, throughout the entire world, genetic testing has been commonplace in medicine. Um, in Trinidad and Tobago, I don't think so much so, and this is why we need to make um, inroads. Right. Into, so we we have been a, I've been in Trinidad since 2010, um, bringing biotechnology to students and teaching um, students about um, genetic engineering, about genetic testing, about DNA analysis, uh, molecular biology, genomics, that kind of stuff. And privately through um, genetics diagnostics, uh, which I'm a consultant with, also bringing genetic testing to the public. So genetic testing has been available through gene um, gene um, genetics diagnostics since 2011. Um, we have an operation, but the technology has changed so rapidly in that period of time. When we first started, sequencing a BRCA gene cost um, over $26,000 Trinidad Tobago dollars, um, just one gene, because there were patents um, in, in, in being held and some a bunch of legal confusion that was creating blocks for us to be able to access it and make it affordable. Since that and since the generation of new tests like next generation sequencing and different methods where we are able to actually spot a chip with like a thousand um, genes at once to make it a lot easier to, and we, we can test a thousand different genes in one run for example those kinds of things make it very easy to test even at the chromosome level or the gene level multiple genes so now we can wow. do an analysis for a few hundred genes for a couple thousand dollars um tt dollars mm -hmm. which is very affordable and less than it would cost for mri or ct scan and that's, that's excellent i mean we, we, we go off topic a bit from diabetes as i mentioned brac gene and um I mean, we are in October and like, Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Of course. I wanted to talk a little bit about that, 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 that BRCA gene and, of course, um, how women could get screened um, for that gene and what, what that gene, what having that gene or that mutation represents. Well, there's actually a health, there's, there's health screens that we do that encompasses diabetes and cancer and cardiovascular mm -hmm. genes because it's so common in our population. So we've developed a few health screen tests, just like how if you go to the doctor and you say you want an executive, um, I don't know what they call it, but you know what I mean, but they do the whole gamut of biochemical tests. We can similarly do something at a genetic level where we look at the most popular um, genes for diabetes, for cancer, for um, uh, cardiovascular uh, risk of 
arrhythmias and um, coronary artery disease and all of those things. And we package it as one genetic screen. Mm -hmm. So you could actually know if it is you are at risk for monogenic diabetes, for um, uh, polygenic diabetes, type 1, type 2, as well as um, all the other metabolic main disorders that we in our demographic mm -hmm. tend to be um, at risk for. And in addition to that, the cardiovascular risk um, and the cancer risk, because it, it's linked. Huh? A lot of these genes um, work in tangent because of the racial um, ethnicity and the mix of our population. We tend to have a lot more prevalence of these genes in our population because of our ethnicity and, and the mix of our ethnicity in our demographic. Mm -hmm. And 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 but but I do want to focus a little bit on that on that bracket gene because sure. of course for, for our listeners, many persons may have never known that you can screen for a disease before even the disease even presents. Correct, correct. Mm -hmm. And in and, fact, and it's important to do so to get a proper diagnosis. For example, an adult might present with diabetes later on, um, you know, in their 40s or their 50s, and the doctor will Im immediately say, okay, well, it's type 2. But that individual could have had monogenic disease from birth, um, which is caused by a different mutation and a different progression in your body. And that is has to be treated differently with different types of drugs, sulfonylureals, um, possibly insulin, and the normal drugs that will treat type 2 diabetes will not treat monogenic diabetes. So it's very important, even though you think, okay, well, you know, doxy my sugar high, um, I know what it is. I had to just take, you know, metformin or whatever. No, no, you, you, you can't. You have to actually get a proper diagnosis. Same thing with cancer. You can't just say, okay, well, I breast cancer. I'm going to go about my business, take my treatments and go, you know, and, and, and hopefully best and um, to go into remission. You need to be tested because that will determine number one treatment, number two, the possibility of reoccurrence um, or more complications in your future, and three, the type of treatment that is given to you and your prognosis. What is your chance, for example, of you being able to to, to beat it purely with this particular radiation, whether it's it's a can you're a candidate for drug therapy, chemotherapy, um, all of those kinds of things, whether or not you should have more surgical intervention. Um, and similarly for diabetes, the drugs in particular and cardiovascular risk, the drugs in particular and the tests that you do have to start much earlier in those cases if you have uh, genetic risk of these diseases progressing in your lifetime. Yeah, and I would argue, of course, with diabetes, many persons um, aren't well controlled because they really aren't diagnosed properly. They aren't diagnosed with the type of diabetes, you know. And, and of course, the, 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 the treatment is the treatment will will will, will justify the well the treatment will be justified by the type. Um, we lose a lot of people too. I just wanted to say we lose a lot of people in the public system because they're supposed to come back to the clinic and a lot of people don't want to come back to the clinic. A lot of people yeah. don't like sticking themselves to test themselves every day. Um, it, you know, it's a, it's a kind of an invasive thing when you think about it. And people sometimes think, well, you know what? I, if, 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 you know, if I did, I did. And, yeah. and they take this attitude and, and they don't realize diabetes in 2023 is a very treatable condition. Um, as in fact, it is reversible, I will argue, um, in most instances. In some instances, it's not. I mean, it's yeah. just, you know, you have to take your drugs and you have to take your your um, your intercessions. But in most cases, um, it is reversible with early diagnosis and treatment. Mm -hmm. And here again, in the early diagnosis part, because again, I, I want all listeners to really grasp this, that, you know, before you even exhibit symptoms of a disease, a genetic test can tell you if you have risk for it, if you have the genes for it. And this is what uh, Dr. Ramachand um, is, is talking about today. And this is what her organization, or is it genetics? Yeah. 
Genex Diagnostic Limited, G E L I X. And at Genex, you can be able to get that those types of tests. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about how these tests are done. Um, meaning, someone walking walking in from the street and want to get they, they, a twenty year old man and they, they want to know, am I at risk for cancer? Am I at risk for diabetes? What's the process? Is it, is it a blood test? Is it a saliva test? How what's the process? How long does it take? Um, how, how would you explain that to all the side? Well, I mean, there's several different tests that you could do, right? So usually what I would advise people is if you have a referral from your doctor, well, then you present that, obviously, and we'll move from there. If you're a self-referral and you just want to know you've had people in your family who died from it, you know it's in your family, or you personally um, feel that you might be at risk for it because of your um, personal state of health, or you, even if you've been diagnosed already, um, you come, you give us a call, the phone number 777-GENE, uh, 4363 um, or check us on the website uh, shoot an email um, and all you say is listen this is what I want to test for was you know can I have an appointment you get a consult um, we discuss with you exactly what your condition is what your diagnosis has been if you've had one um, and most importantly your family history and your personal history that will determine what tests we do so as I mentioned to you sometimes we have a health screen like a bunch of tests that's bunched into one because you might have multiple um, incidences of different types of of um, monogenic disease in your family or polygenic diseases. You might have diabetes, you might have uh, cardiovascular um, risk, you might have a couple of people who had um, breast cancer, a couple who had prostate, maybe maybe some lung, and all of those things will indicate to, to us and uh, me as a consulting geneticist, what is the best test to do? Right now, everything that we do with the exception of chromosomal analysis and non-invasive prenatal testing um, for babies prior to birth is done by saliva. All our tests have been um, uh, optimized for non-invasive um, specimen collection where you basically spit in a tube or we swab your cheeks to be able to get your cheek cells, boost your cells open. Um, it sounds a lot more violent than it is. It's outside yeah. of your body, so it doesn't cause you any pain. Release your DNA and then we do our manipulation to be able to test your DNA um, for whatever we need. Now, people are always shocked to hear you can get that from saliva and you, and you can't get it from, you don't need blood. Now, blood comes with a lot of other factors that we have to take out before we get your DNA. So saliva is actually a cleaner sample and easier sample to work with. That's how come most of our, and it's much more stable at room temperature. Um, that's what, why most of our tests now are all established around the saliva sample. And you people need to realize, which they always forget from those of them who've done biology even, every single cell in your body has the complete DNA of every other cell in your body. So if I take a single hair cell, if I take an eye cell, if I take a stomach cell, it has the same exact um, sequence of genes that make up your genome. So I can extract it from anywhere. So saliva is actually the easiest sample. Then when we do the test, we decide, okay, well, what, what we want to do, What if we want to do a panel, if we want to do a single. As I said, we moved away from doing single genes like BRCA or, um, you know, some of the um, Modi and, and um, uh, monogenic diabetes. We don't really do single genes anymore because it's so much more cost-effective to do a whole bunch together. And then it gives you more information. You cast your net as wide as you can go to be able to diagnose these individuals with what they may have, what may be causing their symptoms. And and that's the way we go for everything, even for neuromuscular disease, even for um, a lot of the other types of uh, diseases that we have um, uh, people afflicted for in, in Trinidad, um, a lot of the, the single gene mutations that cause Huntington's and all of these kinds of things. We, we tend to do a little bit of a wider um, uh, spread 
in order to be able to catch what might be causative. And that's really what it is, because we want to be able to give people a definitive diagnosis that can help them with their treatment and their prognosis and be able to allow them to seek care a lot more effectively. Moving towards a personalized medicine um, treatment plan. Mm -hmm. And I, one of my members reached out and wanted to find out how early um, in their life they could do one of these genes. And I want to, one of these tests, sorry. We do pretty We do it for fetuses in the in the uh, in the uterus. And, and that's one of the one of the questions I do have for you. Are we at the point in Trinidad where um, couples are, are are getting their their, their fetuses tested and, and probably choosing? Well, you know, listen. I have been a proponent of carrier screening, as we call it, uh, for mm -hmm. a long, long time because we have a lot of situations in Trinidad where people are of similar ethnicity, sometimes backgrounds, sometimes neighborhoods, sometimes they grow up very closely, so they might be remotely related and they don't even know. And because of that, there are two ways that you can inherit a mutation. Or, well, there's actually three three ways. One is spontaneous mutations, where it just occurs in life during whatever um, growth and so on. And, and those are, are not um, in your germline per se. That's really not person alone. But if you inherit it from your parents, there are two main um, ways that it comes down the lineage. And one is autosomal dominant, where you only need one copy. And the other one is autosomal recessive, where you need two copies. And because of these closely related situations that we see in Trinidad a lot, we get a lot of the autosomal recessive diseases being transmitted and people don't are not even aware that they are both carriers. Mm -hmm. So I've been always telling people, um, you know, we, we used to back in the onset when we first came on the scene, we would go to the um the wedding um uh i don't know what you call them like you know the, where they have all the, the people at the wedding things for you to be able to pick your photographer or anything and sometimes mm -hmm. we would go and we'd say listen you know genetics as a services is something you need to consider and um screen is something very important before you start to have babies because you need to make those kinds of decisions um and mm -hmm. be able to not necessarily um bring a child into this world that's going to have a, a, a poor onset or a, a chance of of being alive far less more for continuing with life um of a good quality of life and those things are really important to consider but you know the 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 owners these days have really been more on the ups and gyne um people to um bring that information via the prenatal um, procedures that we have to be able to test the fetus but that happens after conception and i always tell people you know they need to be aware i mean everybody has the internet everybody has you know the ability to be able to get this information um and maybe they don't know that it's available here but i will say that it is available here prior to even conception for you to be able to do a carrier screen and determine well what do we really have do we have anything that makes us incompatible for um you know having a child together you know is this something we should be concerned about um sometimes there, there are conditions that are fairly treatable and it's not a really big deal and then there are sometimes there are conditions that are very serious and will actually affect the and impact that individuals um quality of life or even you know ability to 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 grow in the uterus and and um possibly become stillborn or or thereafter you know um die shortly after um and that's one of the problems that that they might be faced without knowing uh, so i, I want to ask you some more about that in particular i want to ask you about um if if you do, do have experiences of, of, of you know actual Couples, couples realizing that that you know they are carrier genes of some superdeadly diseases, and they are having. But we, we'll talk about that soon. I just want to take a short break, and when we come yeah. back, um, we'll we'll continue the conversation with Dr. Nicole Ramachand, geneticist.
uh, right here on Diabetes and You. All right, there. Thank you very much. Of course, you're listening to Diabetes and You with Andrew Danu and his guests. Remember the Southex International Expo 2023 is on at Gulf City, the largest and most important business expo in South Trinidad. The Southex International Expo will be held at the Gulf City Shopping Complex in La Romaine from Wednesday 4th to Sunday 8th October. The Trade Expo will be open absolutely free to the public from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. daily. Thousands of exciting products will be on display and you will be able to check out the latest developments from almost every aspect of business. Call 735-7503 or 789-3874 or email southxevents at gmail.com. We shall return. The best insight, instant feedback, accountability. The all-new Talk Radio Freedom 106.5. Thank you very much. Let's return back to Diabetes and You. Thanks, Vic. And we are here with Dr. Nicole Ramachan, who is a geneticist. Um, And we have been chatting about uh, genetic testing in Trinidad and Tobago. Uh, Before we took the break, we were chatting about how early you could get tested or how early genetic tests can be done. We're talking about carrier testing, um, actually having couples tested to find out if they may be carriers of genes that may cause mutations that can result in, in some very um, nasty diseases in their, in, in their babies. So I was asking her before the break if, she's ha- she's, if, she'd, if she has had experiences with couples um, detecting a disease, uh, maybe what type of disease they may have detected and what, what, what did they do? Did they decide not to have children, did they decide to adopt? What are their options at that time, at that point in time? Well, I mean, we wouldn't probably go to the full whole gamut with them, right? Um, we probably would do it, uh, get to the point of the decision of whether, you know, on any diagnosis in terms of what they themselves had. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think it's a very personal decision. Um, in some cases, as I said, some diseases are very treatable. Um, unfortunately, in the case of um, prenatal testing where the fetus is already, um, you know, formed on any mother and we are actually taking DNA. Um, and again, it's non-invasive. We take it from the maternal arm, um, venous blood from the maternal arm, and we're able to actually use a really um, complicated technology to piece together the fetal DNA to be able to determine whether or not there's any chromosomal mutations or major mutations that might cause um, disease and um, might prevent uh, development of the child as well, too. In some cases, um, you know, the baby... Uh, you know, was was diagnosed with something that was very severe and eventually um, did not go to full term. Um, uh, so I know that that has occurred in some in some cases. And in terms of the carriers, um, there were decisions. For example, some individuals were carrying um, a blindness gene or a deafness gene, and so on. And those individuals proceeded to um uh you know go ahead with the trying to um procreate um because the risk is 25 percent or 50 percent or whatever it is and they thought that that was a sufficient um uh you know sufficiently reduced risk enough for them themselves to to um take the chance so to speak also to the condition doesn't necessarily impact the quality of life to the point of um child being able to walk or talk or breathe and those kinds of things right so those are all decisions that that have to be made at a very personal level um in terms of things like down syndrome and all of those things i mean we diagnose those things you know all the time and again people can live very long healthy lives with conditions um such as certain trisomies certain genetic mutations um and doesn't really impact their quality of life and i think that is really um where the decision making comes place uh in terms of whether or not you are going to 
procreate with an individual where your your um, risk of having a child with um, a reduced quality of life to the point where um, it's not in some cases actually um, recommended that that um, that you do so because your child would be so affected by that condition that um, they wouldn't be able to survive very long at all far less more for to survive into their adulthood mm -hmm. uh, well just to satisfy my curiosity um do you all also test because of, of course um knowing about genetic testing and, and one of the fears people have is of course to make these, these designer babies that are you know um ultra perfect and and we, we kind of um changing the human race in, in a certain direction but of course we're not there yet what i want to know is do you all also test for uh, at the start of the program you didn't mention you know maybe having advantageous genes maybe having athletic genes or or, or intelligence genes um are we at the point where we could test for those things and also select um those you can't really select. You can't really select. We're not at the point where you could select. Um, uh, we are at the point where we have, uh, going back to the, the diabetes story, we actually have a um, group of genes called a health screen, for example, where we look at Genex Fit is one of the bigger ones we have, where I have pulled about 75 to 80 different genes in our population that um, do things like um, oxygen, uh, you know, O2, VO2 max. Um, mm -hmm. It looks at slow twitch versus fast twitch fibers, your ability to um, uh, increase insulin sensitivity with cardiac exercise. Uh, I'm sorry, cardio exercise. Um, your cardiac um, output um, when it is your running, whether or not you could be a sprinter, whether or not you could be a, a, a marathoner, a long distance runner. Um, how, do, how do you break down carbohydrates in your body? Should that be the, the complex carbs be the prime source of energy in your body based on your genotype? Um, what, what about proteins and fats? What should be the, the ratio of all three um, in terms of your diet? What should your diet look like? Um, what are your nutritional deficiencies genetically? So we can tell you if it is you are vitamin D, E, A, B, C deficient, whether or not you should take supplements whether or not you should improve um the availability of that nutrient in your body via um, nutritional um changes in your diet um how you should work out whether or not you should do more weight training whether or not you shouldn't do more cardio like i mentioned the, the um cardio um uh, uh increasing of insulin resistance in terms of um whether or not you are an individual who has a gene that allows you to do more cardio and thereby affect your um, diabetic states and your insulin sensitivity. So that that is something that is so specific. So we give you at the end of the test, you get a, basically a Bible, and that gives you seven possible diets that you could take one different one every single week. Seven um, possible workouts you could do um, suited to your genotype and to be able to alleviate any conditions you may have, um, decrease obesity, and increase your ability to to uh, decrease risk risk of disease. So, so we at that point no way you could provide them with that type of report, oh yeah 100 yeah? yeah 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 100 and in fact prior to things like in vitro fertilization and so on there you we can also test the fetus to determine whether or not that fetus has a deleterious gene or those kinds of things as well too but we can't select we can't really um we're not to the point where we can manipulate embryos to be able to develop that that stuff is still sci-fi i mean i'm sure there's somebody in china doing it now but it's not available in trinidad tobago but of course, if, if, if it is that if it is that you have in, in vitro fertilization and you have ten embryos, uh, you could select which one you want to um, say implant. Yeah. Yeah, but so, you can't. You can't. What I'm saying, you can't manipulate. Can't the embryo. Yeah, can't manipulate. Yeah, yeah. But 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 it's it really 
I mean, to, to many of our listeners, what you're talking about here that's actually available in Trinidad sounds like sci-fi, because for many of them, um, um, just having certain blood tests might be unavailable for them in Trinidad. So, so having this technology available and accessible, because again, the price point that the price point that you're talking about here compared to ten years ago, when it's 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 ten oh, times. Yeah. Than, you know, and I'm sure in the, in the near future it's going to be more accessible, it's going to be cheaper. Well, and I always tell everybody, uh, MRI costs $7,500 with contrast. This costs uh, less than that, and you do it once. Uh, something yeah. like an MRI and CT scan, you, can, you have to do probably sometimes, depending on your condition, every six months. You do a genetic test once, your genes don't change, right? Um, mm -hmm. If you have a tumor and you want to test that tumor to determine what mutation caused that, you have one tumor, one test, right? That's the mm -hmm. end of it. Um, you have one genome. Um, doesn't change. If you want to determine whether or not you are at risk for cancer, you are at risk for um, uh, diabetes, you're at risk for any any of the different types of metabolic diseases, per se, mm -hmm. um, uh, cardiovascular risk, neuromuscular risk. There's, there's one test. That's it. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I mean, it's, it's really, I would say it's, it's extremely important if, if we could, we could be able to get these types of tests done and, of course, make interventions early on. Um, going back to breast cancer, uh, we always would have heard of, like, say, for example, some, some knowing that they have the, the mutation, and then, like, for example, we know Angelina Jolene, and you had interventions where she would have had the mastectomy, and um, you know, to prevent breast cancer, because of course, you know, you have that susceptibility. Um, let's turn the conversation a little bit over to diabetes. Say, for example, you have a a, a parent taking a child in, and and, and they, they they determine that you know the child is susceptible to type 1 diabetes. The child shows no symptoms of type 1 diabetes as yet. Um, the child is healthy. What what should they do? Well, I mean, I, for you to know for sure, if there's, I remember not all diseases are caused by genes, right? Um, there are some that are not caused by genes, and they're caused by spontaneous mutations in that person's particular organ, per se. So we wouldn't mm -hmm. even be able to find it if we do a germline test on them. But um, there's mm -hmm. a large proportion that is caused um, by a genetic mutation, and we can um, germline mutation, we cause them, we call them, and we can test for that. So basically, they just give us a call um, and say, listen, this is the situation. We have a potential for having a child that may have diabetes, um, you know, uh, type 1 or Modi or um, NDY, wh whether they're neonatal, because a lot a lot of the early onset ones occur in the first six months of life, huh? and people don't even realize what they're testing for. And those things are, the symptoms are different. And that's why it's very important to speak to your pediatrician um, and be able to, to f let them, uh, you know, facilitate testing. Um, a lot of times the pediatricians don't don't pick up on it unless the parents tell them that this is this is weird. You know, this frequent urination. You know, I'm noticing panting. I'm noticing sweating. And you know, when there shouldn't be, there's certain things that you can look for even in your newborn um, to be able to determine that something's happening. That's why they always tell you count the nappies and um, you know those kinds of things so that you will know if there's anything off, right? Um, uh, because there's no way to, for the child to tell you the child's sick. Right, mm -hmm. prior to a certain age, and how they're not feeling well or showing, you know, visible symptoms. So you have to be very, very um, um, on it, right? Um, but you reach out and just say, look, this is the situation. We actually have the, um, a childhood panel 
that we do as well too. That includes the the um, uh, childhood onset kind of diabetes and other metabolic conditions because it's quite a bit. There's mitochondrial disease, there's metabolic diseases, um, a lot of cardiovascular and um, neuromuscular that occurs in the first 12 years of life. So there actually is a newborn screen that is done by most first world nations and actually Tobago has um you know interestingly um added the sickle cell and um, alpha thalassemia onto their newborn screen so if you if you have a child born in Tobago they are screened for two genetic diseases uh which is the more common ones um here in Trinidad we haven't we haven't put that in yet but we have a whole panel that we call a newborn screen that as soon as your child is born basically at the day of birth we can swab the inside of the mouth and tell you what is the more common um out of the more common diseases what your child would be um, at risk for. And just out of curiosity, what is, what is, what is for example, a newborn screening panel cost? About sixty-five hundred. Most of most of the bigger panels are between sixty-five and seventy-two hundred, um, depending mm -hmm. on how much genes. But we're talking about hundreds of genes in 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 these okay. cases, as opposed to one gene ten years ago that cost twenty-two thousand dollars. But again, okay. you do it once, and uh, we mm -hmm. have some fun ones too. We had we used to have a Superman one that actually said whether or not they have um, the strength gene and and um, you know things like that. And we have um, I did I did of course I did most of these for my daughter um, who's nine. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the screens that we did actually said that she would be have problems with speech, which she did, and that okay. she would be a protege when it came to math, which she was. So it was interesting because it kind of gives you their strengths, right? It also said that she's hyperflex, which I know because our whole family is, and that mm -hmm. um, she shouldn't do sports where you're prone to twisting and stretching mm -hmm. and um, ligament and tendon problems. So nothing like... Um, football and tennis and anything where you're rotating a lot. And I actually mm -hmm. spent most of my childhood with my wrists and my um, ankles wrapped because I was always wow. breathing something because we were hyperflex and we didn't know, my parents didn't know. So I was in football and hockey and all these things I shouldn't have been in. Um, mm -hmm. And so we were able to to look at that early on with her and kind of, you know, push her towards the things that she could actually well, strengthen. Um, I, I'm really interested in this. So, so about 65 to $7,000, you could actually find out all of these things about a child. Um, yeah. and really make better choices for your children. But yeah, uh, there's so one that's... important one I want to talk about for your, for your uh, listeners in particular for diabetes is that we do one called a pharmacogenomic analysis, and that mm -hmm. is a, a, a drug um susceptibility to contraindications and so on and us and it goes the gamut it runs from aspirin all the way to oncology drugs and cardiovascular drugs and um, metabolic disease drugs diabetes drugs all these things in between and, and it's very easy to read it's red light yellow light green light um slash blue light so if it's red light don't take it at all if it's yellow light take it under supervision specifically from your doctor and if it's green and and um blue take it no issue and that's really important because you know you don't want to be one of those people who gets in a little fine print where it says may cause suicidal tendencies may cause yeah. death and blah 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 and you don't want to be that person who takes that drug and that happened to you um you could find out before you even given the drug and it even enters your body whether or not it's something you should take I mean, this is really the amazing world of, of, of genetic testing in terms of prevention. Um, oh, yeah. Knowing Diagnosis all of these, and uh, prognosis but, but, is, is number one. So, so, so before we, we continue, we do have a couple of questions. Uh, sure. I just want to ask, update, ask these questions. All right, let's get our first question here. Somebody says, I am a bilateral retinal blastoma. Right, well, I have. Uh, my both children were treated and diagnosed with the same thing as a genetic 
testing improved to decipher whether their offspring would also have retinal blastoma. Yeah, we can we can determine. Well, I, I wouldn't know if their offspring is unless they give me their partner. So both people will have to be tested, right? Um, uh, retinoblastoma, um, there's two types of inheritance. There's autosomal dominant, as I mentioned, where you only need one copy of one gene. And then there's also a different type where there is an indication for recessive where you need two copies. So depending on the type that they have. So the only way to be able to determine what you all have is for me to test, um, to, be to determine whether or not you all have the uh, single gene um, that causes it. And then they, if they have that one copy, then obviously they would have a 50% chance of giving that to their offspring as would their um, partner. So um, it's, it's, it's important for them to be tested still, even though they've been diagnosed um, by, you know, symptoms-wise. Um, they need to be tested genetically-wise to be able to determine exactly what, how many copies they have and whether or not it's a, a you know, a 50% chance or 100% chance or 25% chance of passing it on. And also themselves too, the type of retinoblastoma that, that um, they could have. Okay, next question. We have a mother six weeks uh, pregnant and she is a uh, diabetic. Um, is it possible to test? Well, should you pass it on to her child? Um, we can test. Uh, we, we have full genomic analysis uh, at age 10 weeks. So um, you can give us a call and we could um, discuss the options with you and you could, we can let you know exactly what um, panels we can do. We can do chromosomal abnormalities, which are the big ones, um, uh, like the uh, Turner syndrome, Down syndrome, um, those kinds of things, in addition to the microdeletions and microinsertions. And then we also have a full chromosomal analysis that we look at everything else. Um, and then there's also a full genome one that we can do that looks at all the major um, developmental issues that might occur. So again, you can give us a call at 777-GENE-4363 and somebody could help you out. At 777-GENE, right? That's it. Okay, beautiful. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Uh, any more questions, please? Uh, no, that's it for now, yeah. All right. So, so, so Dr. Amachan, we just have a few minutes left. We have about five minutes left. Um, I, I wanted to wrap up the conversation by really talking about um, how we should really shift health policies in Trinidad and Tobago, because we talk a lot about uh, non-communicable diseases now. And I mean, um, when the talk was about COVID, we were talking a lot about COVID. And now I think it's safe to say we're in a post-COVID era, although COVID is still around. Um, and so we're focusing a lot more on non-communicable diseases now. And I wanted to, I want to hear your take on, you know, we focus on screening and screening for persons who already have the disease. but. How do you think, or what do you think about shifting policies towards, you know, probably including genetic panels as part of, again, um, not just screening for, for thalassemia and, and screening for sickle cell, but but doing that, that that type of more comprehensive panel on children? Um, what do you think about that? And do you, do you think Trinidad might get to that point? Well, we were in talks since about 20, I want to say 2012. 2013, uh, when we initially started the conversation about putting the newborn screen, because again, as I said, most countries already have that newborn screen that goes up to, I think, 200 um, genes, depending if it's the UK or Canada, US, Australia, all these, um, Singapore even, a lot of these countries have those panels already in part of the health system, where you come into the public health system, so places like Canada and the UK, obviously, it's part built into the to, to their uh, free 
healthcare service. And once you have a baby born in the system, it, you're tested um, and the baby's tested. And that's a really important, critical thing for us to be able to provide because while people say, oh my God, that's like a thousand, $2,000, $3,000 for every child that's born. If you add up the millions of dollars that's spent after that child gets diagnosed, first of all, to diagnose that child, Secondly, after the child shows disease, to treat the child for that child's entire lifetime, it adds up to multi-millions of dollars. So, you, you know, you, we have to switch focus, and it's always been the same situation, even through the COVID pandemic, that we always put band-aids on things. We wait for things to happen, and then we band-aid it, and that's our, our lifestyle, that's our attitude, and we just try to shove it under the, the rug, and let's just move on to the next crisis. And we, we can't continue like that. We're, not, we're going to go bankrupt as a nation, first of all. Secondly, we're not going to have enough of the working population, healthy enough to be able to work to contribute to the NIS and the pension and the whatever it is for the rest of us to be able to live um, when mm. we get old and falling down. And, you know, we, the attitude cannot be to save a penny now and to spend a fortune five years from now, 10 years from now, 15 years from now. So it's a, a mindset and a, a whole thing we need to change. But Trinidadians and really Caribbean people don't like to know. They like to live in a world of happiness and <laughs> and fat and party and you know go to church and, and and have their belief system in place where they're like well you know this is not going to happen to me i i strongly believe it's not going to happen to me or the other end of the stream i don't care if it happened to me uh yeah. you know let 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 you know hell hath no you know fury as somebody who gets diagnosed with something and didn't want to be diagnosed with it so it, it it's a it's a whole you know, we are dealing with a lot of problems. And I've been in this in this in this industry and I've been trying to I've been at the forefront of it, trying to change people's minds. And I mean I'm talking from doctors, you know, from doctors mm -hmm. go down to patients. It's not just the patients. Some doctors do not see the need for genetic mm -hmm. testing. And they will tell you straight off the bat, I will treat you for your condition. You don't need to test. And I don't mm -hmm. understand why they would say that, because you need to have a proper diagnosis in order to know how to treat. You can't mm -hmm. treat I bet he fire your pants. And um, that's, again, because of the lack of knowledge, because of the ability to for people to embrace this, right? I mean, I spent a lot of time during the COVID um, pandemic trying to re reach people's, um, uh, I don't know what to say. I don't know how to, I guess not morality, but the ability to be able to understand the importance of one, being diagnosed with COVID and two, preventing disease in others. And that's basically what this is all about. And that's what my life's work has been about, to try to have people understand, including medical professionals, that it's very important to give people a proper diagnosis. But more importantly than that, you need to prevent the onset yeah. of the potential disease. I mean, all these people are being born with the potential for risk of disease, but it doesn't necessarily have to progress in their lifetime. If they know early enough, they can prevent it. You can treat it before even the symptoms even become uh, an issue. You can prevent the occurrence before it even appears, right? And there are all these things now with genetic engineering and changing where we actually are able to prevent leukemias, cure leukemias, um, ablate bone marrow cells, repopulate your bone marrow with cured, unmutated cancer, uh, free um, uh, blood cells that you will no longer have the thalassemias even, you would have the, the leukemias, and that's been done. So it's not to say, okay, well, I don't need to know because nothing can happen and nothing can, yeah, yes, it can. They, we have, we're coming very quickly to a place where you can actually, actually be cured prior mm -hmm. to even showing disease or even having it being prevented. Mm -hmm.
And, and with those closing with uh, Dr. Ramachan, I, I, I really do want to thank you for taking your time to come on to, to Diabetes and Neon Freedom 106.5 and tell our listeners about genetic testing. It really does sound like the future. The future is really here. Um, getting to know about your susceptibility, your susceptibility to, to these diseases before you even show symptoms um, is taking it one step more than we already have right now. So beyond the screening, beyond the beyond the, 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 the monitoring, uh, this is one step further. It's available, it's here. Um, just closing, I just want to share your contact information one more time for listeners um, uh, before we wrap up. So it's um, the phone number 777 Gene 4363. Um, email is uh, genxdna at gmail.com. Website is www.genxdna.com. Um, and if you just look up GENIX Diagnostics Limited um, on Google or um, your favorite platform, you'd be able to find us. Um, again, we have a depth of experience um, specifically. This is my passion. So mm -hmm. I'm a practicing clinical geneticist. I'm the only one that's in Trinidad um, that is an actual clinical geneticist. And I'm there to be able to interpret whether or not you should even do a test. Because some people are not even you know, are going to benefit from doing a test. So don't feel that it's something that I'm saying that everybody and anybody has to do. If it is that you have the funds to do it and you are able to, to do it, then that's great. But it's not like the end all and be all. But at the same breath, it gives you a tool to assist your family in particular and your children and yourself to be able to prevent disease. And that alone is, you know, you can't, you can't put a price on that. Mm -hmm. And with that, again, thank you very much, Dr. Amachan. So we, we definitely need to bring you on again because we have so much sure. more to talk about. Um, and I know that we do have a lot of persons who have questions, um, so we'll share those with you as well. But I want to thank you again for coming on to the program. Uh, thanks again, based on facilitating. Uh, next week again, we're going to be same time, same place. We're going to be talking about diabetes and you. Um, everyone, all of our listeners, uh, do continue to follow us at the Diabetes Association. Look out for all of the activities we have coming up. And do enjoy uh, the rest of your day. And of course, be safe in this weather. Okay, Matthew. Thank you there very much, Andrew Danun. As very special guest, tune in, of course, to Diabetes and You every Thursday between 1, uh, sorry, 12 noon till 1 p.m. right here on Freedom 106.5. The best insight, instant feedback, accountability. The all new Talk Radio Freedom 106.5.